So today, <clears throat> pardon me, today I was going to talk about how to fly. And this came up because I recently did an episode on intangible assets. And that was 20 or so intangible assets which you could work on for yourself. And one of those was the ability to fly. So I thought I would expand on that one today. And I've got three practical steps that you can take with learning to fly. Of which, of course, there are hundreds, if not thousands of techniques. But these three little things can just give you a sense of what we're talking about. The first technique is emotional. The second technique is respiratory. And the third technique is mental. So we're covering a range of our experience components. So the first one is laughing. Now, if you laugh as hard as you possibly can, like your strongest laugh, your biggest laugh, for 10 minutes continuously, you will feel lightheaded. And of course, lightheadedness is very much a (laughs) component of flying. And I will also say that Getting high is, in many ways, for the purposes of today's conversations, one and akin of getting high. So, you can force yourself to laugh. You can say, okay, I'm going to laugh and I'm not going to rely on any joke or external stimuli. And I'm going to say, okay, let's just set 10 minutes. And you'll find that if you really do that, if you really push hard and you really go deep in, then that's enough. 10 minutes is enough because laughter is very powerful. Now, if you do this for 20 minutes to half an hour and you really push it and you really have the strength to follow through with it, then you're really going to fly, right? You're going to find something that is just so far beyond even just what you think laughter can do for you, right? Because it is not only oxygen in the brain and that relationship, right? Whether it's oxygen deprived or oxygen overload. Laughter does have that as a component, but it's more the shock of what's going on, right? Because flying contains a kind of shock change in circumstances. Just think when you're taking off in a plane, right? When you're in the plane and you're waiting for it to take off, you're just sort of like, okay, well, we're in a room, essentially. It's just like any other airport room. But then there is this big rush, there's this big noise, there's lots of speed, and there's this big change. And then you're flying, and okay, well, now it's just cruising, and it's like you're in another room. And you just adjust to it and the flight gets underway. So this difference between on the tarmac, takeoff and flying, cruising speed, cruising altitude, that's the difference. And if you really push your laughter, if you really have something heavy in your experience, change, which you can force, and laughter is a great 
stable for that, then you'll find that you can fly in different ways to which you could have previously assumed. Now, if you laugh for three hours straight continuously, then you'll find a whole different game because you'll no longer be just in the initial push of energy, right? Because if you say, okay, I'm going to laugh for 10 minutes straight, you can get away with that and achieve that just by forcing yourself, right? You can just say, I'll get it over and done with, I'll get through it, I'll push through it. Whereas with three hours, it's a different ballgame because you're going to get over the initial hump, you're going to have the initial energy burst, and then you're going to need to find some extra push, right? You're going to need to find more in the tank. And you're going to have ups and downs and degrees within that three hours of authentic laughing and forced laughing and bursts of energy and lacks of energy and all the ranges of different things that can happen. So that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother game. But that really is where you get into the power of this technique and how it can cause you to fly. Because of course, once you've done that three hours, you're going to notice your energy changing when you're not laughing. You're going to notice your forcing nature more readily. You're going to notice authentic and inauthentic moments. So these parameters apply not just to laughter, but we work with laughter. So that's the first technique. That's how to fly with laughter. And that's an emotional technique. It's like an emotional freedom technique, (laughs) we could say. Now, the second technique is a breathing method. And this would be chakra breathing. So... The way you do this is basically you can use your hands like this to put in front of your face. And if you're listening to this on podcast, then you probably need to go and watch the video version of this because I am just going to show it on the screen. So if you put your hands in front of yourself and then you sort of push as you breathe out. And this point of where the hands are moves through the chakras. So you have the crown chakra the voice chakra, the heart chakra, the solar plexus, the second chakra, and the base chakra. Did I forget one of them? I think there's another one. There's seven of them, isn't there? The crown and the third eye. Yes, there's two between the crown and the third eye. So there's two there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, that's right. So you push your hands as you breathe out. So it looks sort of like this. Ha, and you make this sort of ha sound to help ex- it to help uh, what's the word to project the air out. So we're going ha as you're pushing in. So if I was doing this for the crown chakra, I'd be going like this ha 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 ha. Right, and you do cycles. Right, it's quite an extensive cycle of breathing techniques and you move through the different chakras with your hands to help move it out. So 
that in depending on of course how long you spend on each each chakra right you might spend 5 minutes on each chakra or 10 minutes on each chakra which means you're doing 45 minutes for one round and then you're doing multiple rounds so you can spend up to 2 hours doing this if you're doing 3 or 4 rounds and the best way to do this is being guided is in a group with someone following you along or with some kind of supportive music that will indicate when you go from each chakra, right? You don't want to have to be changing your timer every five minutes for each chakra. So what I suggest if you really want to go deep on that, then you can do my online course. And that course is called Breathing Techniques for Deeper Living. So there'll be a link somewhere to my Udemy profile and you can find that And we actually do that together and we actually go through it with some music and you can just follow along as we do the different cycles. So that's quite an extensive breathing technique. It really does involve quite a lot and you need, you basically need a facilitator to do that, right? These deep breathing techniques that really are quite advanced, you need a facilitator because just just explaining it to you like I have now you're not really going to be able to get it. So make sure you do the course. Make sure you enroll and actually follow that along. It's very easy if you're just following along because you're just copying what I'm doing. And of course, if you do that, then you'll find that you can fly. And it is different to just feeling lightheaded, right? Because if you're going, the the initial step is lightheadedness. That's the initial point of what it means to fly. Sort of think of, think about it like this, right? What's the logic of flying normally? Now, normally the logic of flying is, okay, so we have a balloon and we fill it with helium and the balloon goes up. Okay, great. So what if we wanted to be on a chair and have enough balloons to lift the chair while I was sitting on it? Well, you'd need thousands of balloons, right? (laughs) And I believe there's even a very charming movie called Up. It's a kid's movie, right? I think it is. Yeah, there's a kid's movie about exactly this. (laughs) It's It's a very charming movie about this old man who has his house sort of being inundated with these big construction people all around it and he decides to fill up all these balloons and attach them attach them to his house and then take off with his whole house. (laughs) And of course, the logic there is correct, right? And it's the same logic with what we're working with. Like a breath is one balloon. And you notice that if you really do the calculations, you're going to need way more balloons than you think. You're really going to need something powerful. And in fact, a lot of the calculations are that no matter how many helium balloons you fill up, it's not going to work. You actually need one big balloon rather than lots of little balloons. So for us, the analogy is that, you know, one little breath or one cycle, well, that's like one balloon. So if you consider that you need thousands of balloons then you wouldn't expect to fly just by following along my breathing course once and doing the technique once, right? It would almost be like 
actually what you have to do is a full 45-minute set of that technique for 30 days. Every day for 30 days. Now, if you did that, by the time you got to day 30, you would be flying. Guaranteed. Hand, hands down, you would be you would be through the stratosphere, right? You would have broken, <laughs> broken the gravity's pull of the earth. No, no doubt about it, right? It, it, it's just like hands down, guaranteed. You wouldn't even need 30 days. You'd probably only need 10 days, but 30 days, wow, you would be flying. Now, of course, after the first round, you're going to feel lightheaded, but that's the difference, right? Light headedness is not the same as flying but they are related there are things to learn within those two smaller and bigger things so that's the second technique it's a breathing technique and as a matter of fact you will find that laughing does relate to breathing because laughing strangely enough is a kind of breathing technique now the third technique for how to fly. This is a mental technique. And this one's a little bit tricky because it's like this with the mind. If you do a magic trick and you're the one doing the magic trick, then it's tricky for you to feel surprised by it. It's tricky for you to go, whoa, how did he do that? That's magic. Because, of course, you know how it's done. <clears throat> so, that's what we're working with. And basically, with this trick, what you have to do is find a thought and then you take one step above that thought. And then you hold that thought and then you say, okay, what's one step above that thought? And then you hold that step and then you say, okay, what's one step above that thought? And you keep stringing these together and what happens is this becomes like a takeoff. This becomes like a momentum that builds higher and higher and higher. And this happens in many different forms, right? This happens in many different ways in the mental mind. For example, you could have complexity. So you have a thought and then you have something that is more complex. And you think, okay, what would be more complex than that? What would be more complex than that? What would be more complex than that, right? Now, the trick to this is you want to have the longest succession of thoughts possible with the smallest increment possible. That's how you build the momentum. Because normally what happens is we have a thought and then something more comes along, right? The higher thought comes along and... That's the end of the story. We don't have a string of thoughts. We don't have a momentum through multiple levels. So that's the first problem. The second problem is 
the difference between the two is enough for us to say, okay, well, that's the biggest thought. That's the biggest thing, right? That's the component of it that is final. It seems bigger than what we initially thought, so it must be right. And we, then we don't think on. And this really applies in every single level, right? You can do it with, well, your ambition. Okay, this is my ambition. What if I was more ambitious? What would my goal be if I set my goal a little bit bigger? And then hold that for a second, that thought, and then a little bit bigger. And then that thought for a little bit bigger. It also happens even in entertainment, right? Like if you're watching a story, this is how a plot unfolds. A plot works like this. You have a situation and then something builds on the plot. Something goes up, something becomes more, like more high stakes or more intense or more action. And then there's a scene where that's the situation and then it escalates, right? The escalating plot, the plot thickens. This is exactly the same thing. Now, a lot of the time, <laughs> this happens unconsciously. We're actually not conscious of our thoughts. We're not really connecting clearly with our thoughts. So we have things run off in different ways and that's essentially what worry is. Well, what if something goes wrong? Oh, but what if this goes wrong? That would be even worse. And then you hold that thought and you go, oh, well, what if this goes wrong? Wow, that would be even worse. What if this goes wrong? That would be even worse. What if this goes wrong? Now, that would be even worse, right? And it's escalating. It's building. Now, of course, there is also this thing of circular thinking, which is what you have to watch out for, which is actually different to a trajectory or a runway or a takeoff. So that one, you really have to practice it. And you really have to sort of have quite a conscious awareness of how your mind works and how you relate to your mind experientially for you to be able to do that. That takes a discipline. That takes an awareness. That is a kind of higher level skill. Because normally we are so much convinced of our mind. We're all just under this sort of influence of the mind rather than us manipulating thoughts, right? This is a whole different game for you a, a sort of quote in quote you to be manipulating your thoughts to create a feeling, to create an upness, a bigness, an expanding. That's something that takes a kind of internal into, uh, uh, internal autonomy that is quite strong, right? You need a strong awareness. You need a strong, not necessarily control over the mind, but awareness over the mind. Ability to be conscious of the mind and its workings. So it takes practice, right? It takes a lot of practice, just like the breathing technique takes practice. And in fact, if you want to say, well, which of these is the most effective out of laughing, breathing, and the mind technique? Well, the laughing is the most effective because it's the one you can force the most. And you can force the breathing to a degree, 
but not quite the same in the way that you can force laughing. And when it comes to the mind, well, that's a lot more subtle. That's a lot more tricky. You've got a lot more traps that can go wrong there. So those are three little techniques. Now, the fourth bonus technique or the one that is sort of tying them all together or the sort of extra component of this is lucid dreaming and astral projecting. And if you do these first three techniques, you'll find that your lucid dreaming and your astral projecting, it comes just like second nature, right? It's just so easy once you've got the foundations. A lot of people get this backwards. They think, well, how do I do lucid dreaming? How do I do astral projecting? How do I fly out, right? That's that's sort of the <laughs> that's sort of one of the traps. It's like, how do I fly? Give me wings. And it's like, no, first do the technique. First do the practice. First have the building blocks. Then you'll fly. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a, another course as well on lucid dreaming and time travel, which will help with all of this if you want to go even deeper. But if you do these first three techniques, then you'll find lucid dreaming comes natural. And it's much more easy. So that really is how you fly, right? Once you can fly, then you've worked it out and then you just need to do more of it. And the last analogy that I'll sort of leave you with is the physics of a wing. So the way the plane wings work is... They're designed in such a way that the air on the top of the wing flows with more force than the air flowing under the wing, which means that the faster it goes, the more suction there is, right? That's how wings work. So the principle there is that you have one side pushing harder than the other side. And you have that happening continuously, 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 over and over and over again. And with all these three techniques of laughter, breathing technique, and the mental technique of bigger, 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 have that component, right? There's something in you that is pushing harder over something else in your experience, whether it's your emotional expression, your respiratory system, or your mental process. and What you have to do with all these three techniques is repeat it over and over and over again to extremes, right? This is why people don't fly. People have this, right? People laugh, people breathe, people think they're doing this all the time. So why aren't they flying all the time? Well, it's because they don't understand this principle of one side forcing harder on the other side. So keep that in mind. If you understand all this, wow, It's your time to fly and yeah, I mean, I wish there was more people walking around high (laughs) without the sort of detrimental side effects of some of the other methods that can cause you to fly. So yeah, all right, so that's a start. You can check that out. I mean, there's a wealth of resources that we've discussed already, so thanks very much. And we'll be back soon with more.